Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that has 200 episodes as of today. I'm not saying... That's like, that's actually correct. Like, I'm sure... Well, I'm not sure. There are others that have 204, maybe 400. There are some that have like 102. Not 200 on the dot, baby. Not like us. Yeah, I would be very surprised if there's another Mavericks podcast at this exact moment. That mm-hmm. has 200 episodes and only 200 episodes. I'm Tim Cato. I've been here most of the time, most of these episodes with y'all, pretty much all of them. And we're here to fix the Mavericks or try to or decide that they're not fixable in some way or the other. With me are Mike Bellucci and Austin Guria. You know them. It's the usual cohort. And... We're coming to y'all after the Mavericks beat the Utah Jazz unconvincingly and lost to the New Orleans Pelicans very convincingly. (laughs) And things are not where they were supposed to be during, uh, you know, a two-month stretch that was supposed to be a honeymoon period of sorts with Kyrie Irving joining the team. He was supposed to fix things. He's been great. Um, It's not his fault that things are not being fixed. But things are not going how they should or how they could. I I think should is fair. I I think that there are some things that the team is doing that are fixable and changeable. um, Whether it takes, you know, whether it's players getting healthy and right or whether it's decisions that are being made. And, And then some things are ones that we'll have to wait. And we'll talk a little bit about all of that. But I think we'll just start with the obvious one. The Mavericks have to get Luka, right? Even if it takes sitting him for a couple games. I don't know what it is. But, you know, he says that, you know, this thigh strain, thigh contusion, this thigh injury he's been dealing with. He said 
he's been feeling it since the second game after the All-Star break. And he's looked it too. He hasn't looked himself. I think after the New Orleans game where he looked as bad as I've ever seen him even playing through injury, he is someone who plays through injury. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about his toughness. And I, I do think that it was probably mostly his own motivation to be out there. Yeah, but that's the key. He can't it's, play. It's, he can't play when he looks like that. Yeah, this is not going to be a Luca Doncic decision. If it's up to Luca and Luca sees the scan is clean, Luca will probably want to go. This has to be a top down. Listen, man, you got to chill. Go back on some dude's Overwatch stream like you did this week. Tell him you're not Luca Donovich. You are Luca Doncic. Hang out for like five days. Who knows? Maybe it's more. We don't see the scans. But yeah, it's this is an organizational decision that has to be communicated down versus just leaving it up to Luca because Luca will try to go, especially with the team being so tenuously placed in the standings right now. I think a good question is, can it be an organizational decision or does Luca drive the decision if he's not actually hurt? Can, is there anybody in that room that can tell him not to play if he's actually capable of playing? I mean, there's one person that's Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is, is, was hired. You know, we've had this discussion before when we've talked about Luca's effort, motivation, you know, technical stuff like that. Jason Kidd was hired because he was a coach that Luka Doncic respects and the last coach was not. And it is very clear there are many aspects of Luka Doncic and his career, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, agency and when it comes to teammates that Luka is going to do what Luka wants to do. And there's not a lot of ways that you can influence that. Um, But the head coach, Jason Kidd, someone who he, you know, from the outset said, talked about growing up and being a fan of and talked about his you know career and and the respect that he had for him yeah it has to come from jason kidd that's the one person who can get through to him yeah and i think it'll be good if luca can miss a few games here odds i think we've been pretty critical of luca post all-star break and his effort on the defensive end and how he's you know his general sense of play now it's pretty clear that he's been hurt the entire time he's been playing through an injury and I think right now in his current state, he probably hurts more than he helps if he, he's not 100% healthy. And it's probably better for both Luka and the team if he sits a few games until he gets completely right. Right, it, especially because we've seen this team without Luka when he was dealing with a heel problem look okay, uh, look good at times. Uh, it, it's clear that Kyrie, you know, in, in Kyrie has been very good. Kyrie, you know, trading for Kyrie, is you know it's it's a weird thing that's that's very flipped right now you know when the Mavericks were sitting him early in the season on back-to-backs when they didn't have a replacement did not have a second star and now they have one and they're playing him on back-to-backs when he looks like this like explain that to me you know like there there is a disconnect obviously it it uh, you know a big part of it is the point of the season and where the Mavericks are in the standings but for them to you know prematurely and cautiously rest him when he was healthy and playing as well as he was and for them now to be, um, you know, forcing him out there, pushing him out there um, or himself forcing himself out there. It's, it's a, it's a really hard decision to, to grapple with to, to fully understand, you know, just why he was out there against New Orleans. Yeah. And even setting aside the Luke implications of this, right. What do we know about Jason Kidd? He loves using the regular season as kind of his little lab for the playoffs, right? 
And obviously the playoffs, presuming they get to the playoffs and, you know, the fact that we were saying that this late in the year, not the most comforting thing in the world, but presuming they get to the playoffs, uh, what you will allow yourself to do if Luca takes a little bit of a rest is see more of what these Kyrie lineups look like, see what Kyrie influenced pace looks like over more games. Cause we know that he will push the pace in a way that Luca won't. And you're going to learn more about your team that way. You're going to learn more about, you know, when he's talking, when Jason's talking about playing Jaden Hardy, well, Jaden Hardy, if he's playing, you probably want to maximize pushing the pace and maximize his athleticism that works well with Kyrie Irving, right? So you're going to get more wrinkles. You're going to get more time to figure out what works with Kyrie and what doesn't in a non-Luca setting that might give you some more ideas for the postseason. So it's not the worst thing in the world as opposed to, again, if this were the pre-Irving trade team, you weren't going to want a damn thing without Luke on the floor other than nobody else in this team can carry the load. At least there's some little basketball lab test laboratory that you can kind of work around here in addition to the fact that, hey, Kyrie Irving's really good and might be able to win you some of those games anyways. That leads to... Go ahead, Austin. Uh, I was going to say, and the, the data so far in the Luke and Kyrie pairing, uh, they've been better with... Kyrie on the floor than by himself than with Luca on the floor by himself. They've had a negative point differential with Luca on and Kyrie off, and a poisonous a positive point differential with Kyrie on and Luca off. So it's not necessarily you know a downgrade for Luca to miss a few games while they let Kyrie run the offense. It's it's clear that Kyrie has, a, has had a pretty positive influence on how they play on both ends. And hey, that might change if you know Kyrie all of a sudden is going up against starters. There's obviously some random you know just random numbers contained within those sample sets because they're pretty playing small. 40 like, a night all of that yeah yeah, yeah for, for example uh opposing opponents have hit way more threes like the three-point percentage is way higher in the luca only minutes and they're really low in the in the Kyrie only minutes so what I, the, the reason i bring that up is just to say that like it's not gonna you know like luca healthy the minutes with only him on the floor will be fine um but yeah, this is the time to do it. This is the time to make sure he is healthy, to get him right, you know, whatever that takes. And, you know, maybe he's fine on Saturday and can play against Memphis. Uh, you know, I am not in the room. You know, the the, the training staff of, of the Mavericks is very well respected. And, and you know, ultimately, I, I trust the decisions they're making, and I think everybody should. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's the first thing here. You know, in, we we talk about his defense in terms of like him not getting back. He's he's letting people you know backdoor cut him. You know, like not even paying attention. Like like there was at least one. I, I think several times where the Pelicans just got you know went to the rim, got a pass and dunked, and it was Luca's man, and and he was just you know not keeping an eye on him. The the, the defense is 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 slipping, and it's really hard to play good defense that way. Um, I think. The other thing the Pelicans game made clear is that the Mavericks just need to play their better players. You know, they, they need to play players who are more talented. And, you know, as as much as, you know, the, the run they went on in the fourth quarter, it's not always going to work out like that if you put Jaden Hardy and Davis Bertans on the floor. But it's really hard for me to think that those two players shouldn't get some minutes when, you know, Frank Nilakina and Justin Holiday and Markeith Morris are the people contributing to New Orleans building a lead and really do not look like they should be out there whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, so what do you say better players? Let's let's define this, right? Who needs to be on the floor for this team? I mean, look, I like Frank Nilakina, but he's not contributing right now and and he hasn't pretty much this entire season. Um 
I, you know, I, I don't think he's been as impactful as he was last season. Markeith Morris is, you know, was a player who was getting DMPs in Brooklyn and he played three minutes on, on Wednesday. I'm not, you know, making a bigger deal of that. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that there's, you know, he wasn't expected to be in the rotation when he arrived. And I don't know if now's the time to experiment with that and, and see if there is something workable there. Justin Holiday should probably continue in the rotation, but he was not good on, on Wednesday. And in games that he's not playing well, then he shouldn't be getting minutes. Again, granted, they were without Reggie Bullock, and I get that the options were limited. They were without Maxi Kleba either. But consistently, and this is something I've talked about a little bit on, you know, in, in articles on, on this podcast, it's very clear that Jason Kidd, defensive-minded coach who has been throwing every defensive first player out on the court together in hopes of getting a semi-coherent defense together. But it's not working. I agree that's probably the way that if the Mavericks were to become a title contender, that that is how they should think about their team and, and play. But Jason Kidd does not have the personnel to do that. You know, if if you don't actually have defensive first players who are actually improving your defense and competent on the other end, then there's not much point of doing that. And I think that as as much, you know, he was joking when he said, you know, we're just going to outscore everybody. But pragmatically, that is how the Mavericks can potentially win games. And I think that if the lineups were a little bit different on Wednesday, I'm not fully whatsoever attributing the loss to Jason Kidd, but I do think that could have... I'll, I'll, actually, you know what? That was a winnable game if they had played different players. If the lineups were different, if the rotations were different, um, if the Luka decision were different. I don't know that the Luka decision was Jason Kidd, but ultimately Jason Kidd, if Luka's going to look like that, has to be the one who says, you know, sit down, get right. And... This there's like they're too far into the season. They're too low in the standings to be losing winnable games, even on the second night of a back-to-back, even without a few key rotation players. It has to be pragmatic from this point out. Yeah, and I think this is a good example, and I probably maybe the pivot point in the season where Kid is just going to play his better players. I mean, I I think I agree with you in that like he's trying to build a defensive identity. And this team just hasn't been able to do it. They're they're trying to play these defensive first players, and they just they can't stop anybody. They it's honestly it's just like a it's a parade to the rim every single game. If I was watching film on the Mavericks and I was going into a game, I'd be excited. I, I get excited watching them. Like I think I can go up there and go get a bucket against Christian Wood against at, at the rim. It's it's been really bad, and so he might as well double down on, on the offense at this point. I think also I agree with your point that if they had played. If they just sat Luca for against the Pelicans, they probably win that game. If they probably if they play Jane Hardy over Frank Nelikino for those few minutes, they most likely win that game. And it'll be interesting to see how they do that against the Grizzlies, who are also undermanned, but a very athletic team. And just they need to play their athletes. I think that's one thing that about the Kyrie era so far is that he empowers a lot of the other players around him. He also empowers their most athletic players and brings something out of them that I think Luca doesn't really enhance. Um, and I think that's something that he needs to lean into if they're going to miss Luca here for a few games. So I wrote about a decent bit of this today at D Magazine, um, really mostly focusing on Jaden Hardy, right? And a little bit on the dunk because that dunk was absurd, but really just the idea of Jaden Hardy and why doesn't he play? And we know why he doesn't play, right? He's 20 years old. He's a rookie. 
Coaches don't trust rookies. Uh, but and Justin Holiday, good reason to be fair. sure, absolutely, absolutely. But in a vacuum, sure. In the context of this team, though, right? You know, whether Jason's joking, whether he's not, this team will go as far as your offense will take you, which is a peculiar notion when really a lot of that offense hinges on two guys in particular most of the time, right? Because even your occasional Tim Hardaway hot streak notwithstanding, it's not like most people on this team can consistently create offense besides Luca and Kyrie Irving, right? The way to maximize this thing insofar as it can be maximized is use the tools at your disposal. And that's not to say, for instance, play Christian with 35 minutes a night because guess what? Dwight Powell adds things. Dwight Powell does things and doesn't take things off the table too much to the degree that it makes a lot of sense for Dwight to play the minutes he plays. But Frank DeLaquina, not so much. Uh, If that's the zero-sum swap, then Jaden Hardy makes more sense. And it doesn't have to be a zero-sum thing, right? Get creative. Play three-guard lineups and play a little less of Justin Holiday. Get Jaden Hardy on the floor. Because there's this fallacy, right? This idea that veterans are safe. But look at Justin Holiday's game last night. He was negative 30 in 16 minutes. He did not make a shot. That is awful. And that's not me picking on Justin Holiday because I do think he has a role, right? I'm with you. He shouldn't be out of the rotation. But it does prove that, hey, even 10-year veterans can have lows, right? They And they have lows because they're limited by talent. The highs are only so high with the Justin Holiday. We saw it in the first game. He hit a bunch of corner threes. Fantastic. He plays solid-ish defense. Sure. But there are lows, too, if, you're, if you don't have the skill, right? Frank Nilakina's highs aren't high because he can't do anything offensively. But there are lows, too, because if you're zero on offense and you're not really killing it on defense, and to be fair, even... Drew Holiday couldn't fix this defense by himself, right? There's too many holes. So what are you going to do? Are you going to try to be safe or are you going to try to maximize what you have? You know, there, I, I referenced a thing in my piece today, but uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, when they won in 2004, they had a sign in their locker room and it said safe is death. That's what this team is right now. They cannot play safe because they're not equipped to play safe. Maybe last year, sure, that worked. Like you said, Tim, this isn't that. So, you know, lean into Jaden Hardy because there's real ceiling. Leading to Davis Bertans because, one, he played actual playoff minutes for you a year ago. I feel like Jason Kidd may have forgotten this, but he played on this team that he treasured so much. But, two, even Davis Bertans isn't the shooter now that he was three years ago. We've seen that he has a skill that is an elite skill at its best, right? He is a motion shooter. They don't have a lot of that. That's something. That high point is better than anything Justin Holiday or Frank Nilekina will get you. So, yeah, it's not just leaning into your overall best players. It's you've got to lean into a little bit of risk. You can't be risk averse at this point because this team, if there's, it's a high variance team and you are at a high variance battle of the standings and God knows if you get to the play in games, that's the ultimate high variance scenario. You've got to just swallow your appetite or not swallow your appetite, swallow your aversion for risk and accept that this is who you are and just go out there, go balls out, play Jaden Hardy, play three guard lineups, push it to the limit. That's all they can do right now. And I'll say again, I understand the mindset in a vacuum. Because like you said, Mike, if this team will go as far as their offense takes them, it's not going to be the the finals. You know, it's it's probably not going to be the conference finals. Like it is very clear that if if this team is is selling out to be the best offense they can be and just giving up on the defense and and hoping for the best, then, yeah, they're going to lose in the playoffs and they're probably going to lose maybe, you know, within the first two rounds. But at this point, this is not you know, the reigning, you know, conference finalists. This is not that team. This is very clearly, there have been too many games. We have seen too much for the Mavericks to treat themselves as, you know, a sleeping giant. That 
Jason Kidd has been very stubborn about wanting to install a defense that can be a championship level defense, but he's had 65 games and it hasn't happened and it's not happening and he doesn't have the players. Jason Kidd has to meet the roster where it is, you Uh know? Yeah. There can't be a continued stubbornness to try to make these, uh, you know, end of bench players into, uh, you know, every night role players that change the way that this team plays defense. And so that is where I'm at. And yes, there is a slight, I, we probably have to at least mention Christian Wood in this. Um, honestly, we don't have to, we don't have to, we've talked about him so much on this podcast. We've acknowledged that at times during the season, he should play more. That does go back to prag- uh, pragmatism versus idealism. I think you know, maybe he should play it a few more minutes, but he, he played plenty against the Pelicans. I, I think his role's fine. I don't want to talk about that. I do want to talk about Josh Green. And oh. we've got the two foremost Josh Green apologists on this podcast. Thank you for giving me my due credit. For a long time, it was just Austin. <laughs> when I had the tweet on draft night that this was my guy. So thank you, Tim. I'm glad we've gotten back to a place where Austin and I drive the bandwagon together and so suffer of- together. Part of fixing the Mavericks, uh, you know, in the in this final month of the season is is getting Josh Green right. What's uh-huh. going wrong with him? Can can y'all explain it? I think the only way that I could explain it is this is the most basketball he's played in a season, and he just looks a little timid. I don't know, like he just hit a wall. He's no longer driving to the basket. It's not even the. the I mean, actually, she's still shooting the ball relatively well. It's uh-huh. just he lost all of his confidence going to the rim. All the things he was doing going to the rim, it's just it's just gone now. And he that's one thing that really took his game to the next level is that not only was he shooting it well, but he was going to the rim, he was creating for others. Um, even defensively, he's, I think he slipped a little bit. Um, I think it's he it looks like his confidence has gotten shot a little bit. He's a he's a guy who's a big confidence. He needs he needs his confidence to play well. Otherwise, he overthinks, he gets nervous, he throws the ball away. He's had some very bad turnovers, um, and I don't. He needs a get right game. He needs a game where he just. I mean, they play the Hornets soon, and I'm thinking when they when they play the Hornets or they play the Pacers, and he he has a little more free reign, or even maybe in the stretch where Luke was not playing, I mean, they have to put the ball in his hands a little bit more. That'll maybe help him break out of this slump. But I think it's the first time where he's just he's just flat out just not playing well. He's not really doing any of the things that made him such an integral part of this team for the most part of the season. Yeah, and it's worth noting too, right? You know, as much as we, I think so much of the focus post Kyrie trade has been Luca's adjustment. Well, there are adjustment for other players too. You know, the adjustment for Josh Green is there's no more Dorian Finney-Smith here. You know, there's more that will be asked of him. And what was our assumption? Everybody's assumption was it'll be fine. Even if, you know, Dorian is integral as he is, Josh Green's ready to take that step. Well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. He's still 22, you know? So I, I'm not terribly worried long-term. I, I do think... And this goes with point number two that Tim made about playing your better players. I don't think this is the time for Jason Kidd to get away from him, you know? And right now with no Balak and no Maxi Kleba, it's not a whole lot that he can necessarily do to move away from him anyways. He has to play. But this has to be a time where embracing risk, but also big picture reward. Because again, this teammate winning long-term, but if you are going to win long-term, Josh Green's going to be a part of it. Uh, you got to keep him out there. You just got to let him ride through it. This can't be a deal where he his minutes get cut and you get more Justin Holiday out in the world. That's not going to fix anything in the short term. It will definitely not fix anything long term. Yeah, I see. I see a lack of confidence a lot. Um, I don't. 
I don't want to blame it on him going to the bench. Uh, it, it could be that the coaching staff actually saw this, um, you know, dip coming. And I, I, I don't know if they were coincided. It's around when he's started playing a little bit less. Um, also, you know, he still played minutes in those games. I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I, I am much more worried about just how he's playing. He's, and, and we've talked about this before, he doesn't get all the way to the rim on a, on a lot of his drives. And it seems like teams are playing him a little bit better in terms of understanding that he's not going to just flat out burn his defender. He's going to he's gonna easily get to 10 feet and then he's going to do a lot of, you know, shimmies and, and spins and, and shakes. And that worked for him for a long stretch of this season. And it's not working as well. And it's it's certainly not freeing him up for those incisive passes that, you know, when he's in the right situations, he can make and, and are a big benefit to the team. And so um, finding a way to do that. And like you said, Austin, if Luca has to sit, that's actually a great chance for him to get going, I think, because there are just less touches. And, you know, I think a 22 year old, understandably, when he's sharing the court with Kyrie and Luca. You know, like another adding another star at you know somebody he grew up watching uh, to to the mix that that probably does make it hard. That probably does make you second guess at times. And so, if that can happen, you know, the get right game as 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 you call it, I like that term, the get right game. You know, sometimes he is getting you get right. So he's yeah, on the scout report now too. I think yeah, I think everybody, I think everybody should. Uh, should should be allowed to have a, a get right game, you know, like you or me. Just, you know, it's a Friday. It's my get right Friday. Anyway, yeah, there you go. They they need a they need a get right Saturday from uh from Josh Green on on this Saturday against Memphis. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit DirecTV.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Last thing to fix the Mavericks is uh, unfortunately not something that's really going to help them over the next month, month and a half into the postseason, but uh, they got to sign better defenders. Like as, as we've gone around in circles and circles and circles, you know, it's just, it's, it's not the, the, the above average defense is not going to happen this year. Uh, it, that ship has sailed and it's easier to build a team once you have two stars in place and, and assuming big assumption uh, you know, that Kyrie Irving is back in Dallas, that this is how the Mavericks are building their team going forward. They need more talent. They they, they do not have enough defensive talent on the team and finding the right guys and, and adding more size because quietly, a little, you know, a little secretly, the Mavericks who, one of the things that was so good about the team last season was that they were just constantly playing these huge lineups. They've got a lot smaller. They're playing a lot you know, they, they just don't have Is Tark Franco is gonna have something for us on that next week. Yeah, yeah, they don't have they don't have six eight psi you know, six eight players and up, um, you know, just covering the floor. Like Which should be season. easy to optimize, you would think, when your best player is a gigantic guard, but alas right. exactly, that is not exactly, the situation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and and that's gotta change. Uh permission to shitster when it comes to size. Just can I can I give a shit stirring stat that you don't have to just get into, but I can we can just throw it out there. Chuck that grenade and just run for the exit. You Absolutely. can't say like like I don't have enough control of this podcast to like tell you no and then we're just gonna leave. Yeah, give give the stat. You you teased it. Let's hear it. This this season, games played. Luka Doncic, fifty seven. Chris Tapps Porzingis, fifty six. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna make nobody happy with that. Just put it out there. Just uh, how many games has Javale played? Right, like a solid fifty-three, <laughs> little fifty-four, maybe something like that, give or take. Oh man, there's some size for you. Let's get him back in the floor, baby. On the salt. Just, just, just wanted to put this. Just wanted to just to note that free agent this offseason. <sighs> I am happy free for Chris agent Stops, this that he's found a good now. Place. That that is a. That is a good place to take this. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, not with the Christoph Porzingis thing, but you know, <laughs> that's. It, it, I will say, and you know, again, it it, it doesn't. It, this point of the season, it's you know, the Kyrie trade has definitely freshened things up. But there is, you, you do start to lose a little bit of freshness, a, a little bit of of new things to say because you know we've been with this team so long and we understand a lot of aspects of how they operate. Um, you know, the, 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 the team does need a, you know, fresh looks and, and, and they do need, um, man, I don't even know where I was going with that, which kind of speaks to my point. Like we're to some extent, we're running out of things to say, and I'm, I'm just going to shut up now. We can end the podcast. Um, Very what else do y'all got? I, just, <laughs> I had a great look. point. I think, I think I really did. It's in there but, somewhere. Um, like it's, yeah. it's, we'll talk about this all off season. You know, it's, uh, it, the good news as we talked about last show, if you keep Kyrie and Kyrie keeps 
playing like he has and being the model citizen that he has been off the floor, you've done the hard part, right? We talked for years about how you did the hard part. You found star number one. Well, now they might have found star number two. So the rest is fixable with the right moves. They still have enough big picture assets. If you were savvy around the margins, which they haven't been for a while, but you know, whatever. Optimism, people. Optimism. It's all doable. You just got to get to the offseason and see if Kyrie stays. Yeah, all, all they got to do, Luca and Kyrie, get on Twitch, recruit their newest star through Twitch, and, and they'll be great. Maybe that's it, man. All right, like, you know, and look, I, Kyrie is a Twitch poster. Luca is a Twitch reply guy. But I yeah. feel like there's a way to get them together and making this work. It, they're almost there. It's the most synergy he's had with the star. <laughs> I actually oh do think maybe the most relatable thing that any star he's played with is that Kyrie is on Twitch playing video games. I think Luca gets that one. <laughs> That's all you have to have in common to be best friends for life. I don't Absolutely. know if that's true, but anyway, let's get out of here. Mike, Austin, thank you for doing this. Listeners, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Hopefully things are a little cheerier because it's always fun talk about a basketball team that is just having fun it's fun when the basketball team is fun absolutely he plays Fortnite just like me i am 34 don't fight the future honey don't fight the future the future is luke a big dick donjic from the home of melania trump how many kids you hit? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the future, please be nice to Luca. Future four time MVP. Oh my god! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.